Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. So if you guys are anything like me and you struggle with allergies, raise your hand because I am right there with you. I get super itchy throat, itchy ears, and I sneeze like a crazy woman. And it really does prevent me from wanting to take my daily walks with my husband. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. It is designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongests your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, and an itchy nose and sinus congestion and pressure with an ease, which is a exactly what I need. So I have been using them anytime that I have allergies, which has been many, many times. I have found that it has definitely helped me so much where I can go outside again and enjoy my day. So if you guys are ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it is time to live Claritin Clear. It is fast and powerful. Relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. So podcasts have really popped off in the last couple years and I feel like a lot of people reach out to me and they're like, Janine, how do I start a podcast? And I'm here to help you out today. So if you guys are interested in starting your own podcast, because I absolutely love podcasting. I think it is so fun and I think everybody should do it. So if you guys are interested in starting one, Spotify has a platform that lets you make one super, super easily. And even on the platform as well, they will distribute it everywhere for you. And then you can even earn money, which is so cool. It's all in one place and it's completely for free. It is called Spotify for podcasters. And here's how it works. So Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts literally right from your phone or your computer. It's super, super easy. So no matter what y'all setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. So don't feel like you have to have it all together to start one. You can start today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else that podcasts are heard. Also, what is so great is if you do want to have a video feature, video podcasts are available on Spotify and I have that on mine and I think it's just so fun and engaging for my audience to be able to see me on Spotify as well. So with Spotify for podcasters, you can even earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. So definitely check that out. And here is the best of all point of this. It is completely free with no catch. So ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just feel like it has been so engaging. I feel like I'm loving the options that that Spotify is giving me with Q and A's and polls and even having video. So I highly recommend you guys give it a try. Download the Spotify for podcasters app, or you can go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. You guys are going to love this. If you've been wanting to start it, this is your sign. Happy and healthy. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. You guys, I'm so excited because this is my first, actually that's a lie, my second solo episode since launching season three. As you'll know, I've had a ton of guests on this podcast and it's been so fun. I mean, I am like 
so over the moon with the amazing, incredible people that I've brought on this podcast. I'm like, what in the world? Y'all want to be on my podcast? <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Y'all get the point. I'm really excited for today's episode because this is something that I get asked all the dang time. So first and foremost, if this is your first time listening, my name is Janina Mopola. I love this podcast because it has helped people. It actually helps me. It refines me. Um, and it's all about helping you guys be more happy and healthy in your life, mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And it's also through the lens of Christ. It's biblical. Um, I want to provide good truth. Sometimes it's harsh truth, but it's truth. Um, and I just love to help you guys. I love to connect with you guys. I love to just provide answers to things that you guys are like, what do I do about this help? And that is my goal is I'm like, I want to help y'all out. So my name is Janine. Welcome. We post these every single Tuesday. Um, I'm so sorry if I am sniffly today. That is, I'm like angry at myself because there's nothing I can do about it, but it's just annoying. I'm absolutely super stuffy. It has been super cold in Dallas. It is getting cold and then hot and then cold and then hot. Today, it's like 28 degrees and it snowed last night and my body is like, what are you doing? Like my body cannot keep up. And so... I've been trying to like take all this medicine and whatever, and I'm like full on in my sweats. If you're not watching the YouTube video, what are you doing? You should be watching the video. But if you don't want to, that's okay. I get it. Uh, but you, if you want to, it's just happy and healthy on YouTube. Um, anyway, so I'm wearing my full on sweats because I'd be cold and I'm trying to be comfy. So it's really cold and I've just been really like under the weather because of that. And so no, it's not COVID. I got tested. Don't worry. So I'm very sorry if I'm sniffly. And I just really quickly wanted to thank some of our monthly donators. We have a few that are just so amazing. I wanted just to go ahead and thank them by name for supporting this podcast financially, which I am never begging or anything. Like some of y'all just willingly do it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. So Emily, Mel, Courtney, Frankie, Christian, Baruni, Katie, Ashley, Isabel, Marissa, Abby, some of our monthly supporters. Thank you guys so, so much. If you guys want to donate monthly, there is a link. There is no pressure. It is down below. You do not have to do it if you don't want to. But I just want to say thank you to the people that are. So I am really excited about today's episode because habits are something that I think are so so important. So I believe that actions follow beliefs. So what you believe is going to affect your actions. And so if you really are believing in yourself and believing something that you're wanting to do is good, then you're going to want to try to do it. And so I think a lot of people come to me and they look at, you know, me and they're like, she must have it all figured out. And I am here today to say, absolutely not. Um, I do want to talk about two different things in this podcast. One um, is the dangers of kind of being the quote unquote, that girl, you know, that's like this trendy thing on Instagram and TikTok and whatever. And I think it's great. It's inspiring. It's motivating. You know, you see these people in a literal one minute video on TikTok and they look like they're so fit and so healthy and their home is never dirty and they have designer literally everything and they drive a Range Rover and they drink green smoothies and they're so perfect. And you're like, okay, um, I don't have that. You know, I, my house is disgusting. I drive a Honda. I actually am a little overweight. Um, and I don't have a boyfriend and I don't eat, you know, a green smoothie every single day. And that is okay. That's okay. Whatever spectrum you are on, I am not saying the, the girl with the Range Rover is bad, and I'm not saying the girl with the Honda is bad. 
That is not what I'm saying. However, what I am saying is that you don't have to conform and be pressured into be this specific person just because social media is telling you to. It's sometimes just not realistic. The amount of either discipline or, you know, removal of good things to be this super self-consumed, perfect, on top of everything person is just sometimes harmful and unhealthy because often what we're doing to be this perfect that girl you're not hanging out with friends, you're not, you know, going to church anymore, you're becoming really self-conceited or selfish, or you're only thinking about me and my schedule and my work and my food and my body and my time, and sorry, I don't have any room for negativity, any toxic people, so you're canceled and you're canceled and everyone's just canceled, whatever doesn't serve me, canceled, and I'm just kind of like, okay, let's just slow down for one second And think about what would Jesus do? Would he just cancel these people or would he be a light and example to them? Would he call them higher? Would he tell them lovingly the truth? Would he help them? I understand there's boundaries. This is a whole separate podcast, but I do think sometimes there's just a, a portrayal of this perfect habits girl online that's just not realistic. And so I just wanted to kind of preface that, that that's okay if you're on the journey. Perfection is not sometimes attainable. It's actually never attainable. None of us are perfect because Jesus was only perfect. We're aiming for progress, not perfection. And so I am excited to talk about this because I am a big fan of habits. I think there's some really good habits I have in my life that I've pretty much nailed down. There are some ebbs and flows. There are some things that I'm like, I don't have this down. Like the workout thing, I was really struggling two weeks ago. Now I think I'm back in the grind, but the weather keeps messing it up. There's certain things that I believe that people look up to me and they're like, how do you do this? So I want to help you guys today on kind of how to build habits that last. I am fully going to disclose that this is not totally my idea. I learned this whole idea from the legend, the master of habits, which is James Clear. So you guys are probably, if you're watching the YouTube video, you can see me holding up this book. It is called Atomic Habits. I have raved and raved and raved and raved about this dang book for probably three years at this point because I genuinely believe in it. I've listened to podcasts from him, videos. I like reread some of the book last night while I was prepping. I took a ton of notes. So overall, I'm just going to go ahead and say, if you guys really want to master this, buy his book. No, this is not sponsored. I wish I could have James Clear on the on the podcast, but this man is a busy man. He has his own habits, okay? He don't got time for me. I'm going to just contribute my success to this book, and it has changed my life, and I think what he says works, so it's hard for me to summarize everything this man is saying in a 45-minute, hour-long podcast, so if you want, obviously, the real depth, read the book, so I'm going to just try to go ahead and summarize it. I'm really hoping this is helpful. I'm hoping I describe this in a good way because it's a lot to break down, so let's Try to strive for progress, not perfection, knowing that we don't need to be good enough because we're good enough in God's eyes. So even if you're just like constantly like beating yourself down, I'm not good enough. It's like, you're right, because none of us are good enough. Like we will never be perfect. We will never be good enough. And that's why we need a savior whose name is Jesus. And so don't feel beat down on yourself if you're struggling or going through something or if you don't have this nailed down. Um, that's why we need a savior and he's not looking down upon you. He's a gracious, graceful savior. And that's why I'm so thankful for him. Let's go ahead and get into how to build habits that will last. (music) 
So number one is just deciding, and I'm looking at my notes because I need my notes for this one. Decide the type of person you want to be. So James Clear talks a lot about this in his book is what do you want to stand for? What are your principles and values? Who do you wish to become? And does this behavior that I'm currently doing help me become the person I want to be? So throughout this podcast, I'm going to try to give examples on what this can look like. So for me, I want to be a person that helps people. And I want to start building better habits on that. And so I can't be saying, no, I want to help people. I want to help people if I'm not doing anything about it. So what am I currently doing that are going to attribute to this identity of myself? And so for me, it's like, okay, let me plan ahead, decide on what posts I'm going to do, look into volunteering, get an accountability partner in volunteering. Who do I need to reach out to today that's struggling, going through something that needs maybe a meal or a hug or a text of encouragement? How can I be that identity that is I am someone that helps people, not just someone that's like, I want to be, but start saying, shifting your perspective and your verbiage, verbiage to, I am a person that helps people and start building things that attribute to that identity and then prove it to yourself with small wins. So James Clear is very clear on, <laughs> clear, clear, you get it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm canceling my podcast. Anyway. James Clear is very clear about starting with incredibly small habits. So making a habit so easy that you can't say no to it. So for example, if you're like, I want to be, and I'm probably going to use this example quite a bit because James Clear does touch upon this a ton. So if you're like, I want to be a runner, maybe your goal, you shouldn't be right off the bat. I'm going to run a marathon. And we'll talk about this later in the podcast, but Maybe your first goal could just be, I'm going to put on my running shoes. So make it so easy that you cannot say no to this habit. So start super, super small versus just doing this massive leap of you literally don't run at all to I want to be an entire marathon runner. Everyone starts small somewhere. Everyone that's great, everyone that's successful or powerful or has money or followers or whatever, they all started small. And it was those consistent habits that built up to something great. And that is why his book is called Atomic Habits because it's these little things that we're doing that develop and build something great. So next he says, increase your habit in very small ways. Success is a few simple disciplines practice every day while failure is, is simply a few errors in judgment repeated every day. 1% improvement adds up surprisingly fast. So does 1% declines. So again, a few simple disciplines. So maybe you put on the shoes, that's a win for you. Maybe you're like, okay, I already put on the shoes. I might as well go for a 10-minute walk. Well, a 10-minute walk may not seem very much, but compared to what you were doing in the past, that's a lot. Maybe you don't walk at all. Maybe you don't run literally at all. So this is an improvement. And so it's a small improvement, but it will equate to something massive down the road if you continue to do it and add on to it. Number three, when you slip, get back on track quickly. So the best way to improve your self-control is to see how and why you lose control. Top performers make mistakes, commit errors, get off track, just like everyone else. The difference is that they get back on track as quickly as possible. Research has shown that missing your habits once, no matter when it occurs, has no measurable impact on your long-term progress. Rather than trying to be perfect, abandon your all or nothing mentality, which I think is so great. I think this goes for pretty much anything, sin, 
habits, uh, you know, just laziness. You're like, oh, well, I already messed up, so I might as well just keep going. I already sinned once, so I might as well keep going. We've already gone this far, so we might as well keep going. We've already been dating for, you know, over a year. Might as well keep going. It's like a really poor mentality just because, and I always say this to my bi tribe, just because you made a mistake yesterday doesn't mean you cannot make the right mistake today. Yesterday's mistakes are gone. They're dead. They're old. Goodbye. Today, that's the beauty of a new day is that his mercies are new every morning. God's mercies are new every morning. So you can start over today and make a plan and say, okay, what can I do to avoid that? Which is basically what it seems like he's starting, he's talking about is um, improve your self-control and to see why you lost control. So was it because you didn't make a plan? Was it because something popped up? Was it because life got chaotic? Was it because you simply forgot? And we'll talk all about this. So why did you lose control or lose, not do that habit? And how can you get back on track? Does that mean, okay, so I didn't run this morning, but can I run this afternoon? I didn't run today because I was feeling sick, but can I run tomorrow? Or can I just do a 10 minute walk? Doing something is better than doing nothing. Okay, number four is be patient and stick to a pace you can sustain. Learning to be patient is perhaps the most critical skill of all. You can make incredible progress if you are consistent and patient. So it's the same thing with working out. Everyone wants to see results like that. They're like, oh, I've been in the gym for like a month. Like, why is my booty not juicy yet? What the frick? Because your booty ain't going to grow overnight, sister. It takes patience. Tracking the progress is super beneficial as well. Incentivize yourself to see the progress. We'll talk about this, but being patient because no one sees success overnight. No, if everyone could do it overnight, then everyone would be doing it. It says here, there's a quote that I really want to find. I really loved this quote because I thought it was just so dang powerful. I think he said something about like the last mile. Let me see. Let me find it. Let me, where you at? Okay, well, I think he said in here something that often that the last mile is the the least popular or the least busy mile. And so when you're running a marathon, you know, usually in anything that you're doing, because most people drop off, they cannot stick to being patient. They can't stick to like, oh my gosh, this is so tiring. I don't want to keep doing this. He talks about, you know, the last mile of the marathon is is usually the less crowded because most people cannot stick to it because people drop off. They can't be patient. They can't do small habits that grow to something big. And so he's talking about, you'll often be alone at the last mile because not a lot of people can stick with it. So let's not be that person. But I thought it was a really cool reminder. I wish I could just find it. Is it in here? Why is it not saying that? I swear I wrote it down, but y'all get the point. I thought that was really interesting. So be patient and stick to something you can actually sustain So this is again talking about how you will not be running a marathon once a month, but you can walk for five minutes every single day. You can walk for 10 minutes every single day. That is sustainable until you can add on to it and keep adding and adding and adding. So at the beginning, don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't make this drastic change because you often cannot stick to that. So then James Clear talks about the four stages of a habit. Cue, craving, response, reward. And over time, this is just how it goes. It's a loop. First, there is the cue. The cue triggers your brain to initiate a behavior. It is a bit of information that predicts a reward. Your mind is continuously analyzing your internal and external environment for hints of where rewards are located. Because the cue is the first indication that we're close to reward, it naturally leads to a craving. For example, for me, I know that my cue is around 7 p.m. in my kitchen 
with a dessert. I know after dinner, my brain has tricked me immediately after dinner, I need and deserve and want chocolate or ice cream. And I know it's in my pantry. So when I'm in my bedroom or my bathroom or I'm whatever out and about, I'm not typically thinking about it. But when I'm home, I know that, okay, there's the cue. I see my pantry door and I know there's chocolate in there. And so that leads to my craving and me usually fulfilling that craving, which I'm excited to try this out for myself to try to break this cue because I don't need chocolate every single night, maybe once a week, but I don't need it every single night. So number two is craving. Cravings are the second step of the habit loop. They are the motivational force behind every habit. Without some level of motivation or desire, without craving a change, we have no reason to act. The thoughts, feelings, and emotions of the observer are what transform a cue into a craving. Yeah, basically we're, we're craving something because we want something out of that. We're craving the chocolate because we know that will satisfy this little thing inside of us. We know that by texting that guy back, that will give us some sort of feeling. It'll, it'll fill, fill a craving inside of us of affirmation or something like that. So that is what the craving is. The third step is the response. So the response is the actual habit you perform, which can take the form of a thought or an action. If a particular action requires more physical or mental effort than you're willing to expend, then you won't do it. Your respond also depends on your ability. So for example, if I don't have any chocolate in my home, which often I've done, I'm like, okay, I'm not even going to buy the dang chocolate because I don't, I don't even want to have it in my home. If there's chocolate in my home, I'm 90% of the time going to freaking eat this dang chocolate. You won't catch me driving to McDonald's, Chick-fil-A to actually go get a shake because in my mind, I'm like, oh, that is a, you know, a 10-minute, 30-minute thing. I don't really want to do that. I don't really feel like getting in my car. I don't feel like putting shoes on. I don't feel like spending the money. And I also don't want to consume 700 calories in one thing. So by making it harder, it lessens my desire to do it, which we will talk about. So just keep that in mind. Finally, the response del- delivers a reward. So rewards are the end goal of every habit. The cue is about noticing the reward. The, re- the craving is about wanting the reward. The response is about obtaining the reward. We chase rewards because they serve two purposes. They satisfy us and they teach us. So they can satisfy us again by getting the chocolate or getting this affirmation, or they can teach us, oh yeah, I didn't really need that, or, or that wasn't good, or maybe I shouldn't have satisfied that craving. So they can teach us. But we ultimately, the reason why we're doing all these things is we want a reward, a reward subconsciously or consciously. But typically, it's something deep inside you that you're like, I need this because I know it will satisfy this. Even from a faith perspective, that's why it's really important for us to decide why am I making these decisions? What about this decision made me want to do it? Get to the root of it. Why did I want that? Because there's a deep longing and a deep desire deep down inside of us that all of us are trying to fulfill. Maybe you're trying to escape pain by scrolling on TikTok. So you don't know why you keep scrolling for hours and hours and hours and hours, and you're getting this reward out of it because it helps you escape your reality. However, it's not beneficial for you. So again, it can satisfy you or teach you something. So some points that he said is that if a behavior is insufficient in any of the four stages, it will not become a habit. So it won't become a habit if four of these aren't really being fed or actually executed well. So he says, together these four steps form a neurological feedback loop. 
cue, craving, response, reward. So it's just like a cycle that happens over and over and over and over. So I like that he gives an actual example of what this looks like. So I'm going to read some of these. So problem phase is number one, cue, two, craving, three, response, four, reward. So this is the cue. Your phone buzzes with a new text message. Secondly, the craving. You want to learn the contents of the message. Three is the response, which is also now the solution phase. You grab your phone to read the text message. Number four is reward. You satisfy your craving to read the message. Grabbing your phone becomes associated with your phone buzzing. Same thing with uh, coffee. So this is an example for me. Q is one. Q1, you wake up. Craving, you want to feel alert. Three, response. You drink a cup of coffee. Four, you satisfy your craving to feel alert. Drinking coffee becomes associated with waking up. So you see how that works? Those are some good examples of why you do what you do. Q, craving, response, reward. That ultimately allows you to create automatic habits. So for me too, some habits that I've created that I'm proud of, number one, I make my bed every single day. That is an automatic habit that I wake up and I do. I now know when I wake up, I will immediately get out of bed. I will maybe check my phone. I'll put my Apple watch on. I will see my bed and I will say, ew, I don't like the way that it looks when it's not made. So I will always automatically make my bed. That's a habit I formed. Today, I was running late. I did not make my bed. I jumped out of bed, went straight to a meeting, but normally I do. So my bed is still unmade, but I am planning on making my bed still after this podcast. So you make a plan and you say, okay, if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? Which we will talk about as well later in the podcast. Something that I also really, really liked that he mentioned is hearing your bad habits outspoken aloud makes the consequences seem more real. So for example, Again, you say things that attribute to this identity that you want to become. So say if you're trying to lose weight and you see this cookie in your house, this is what you would say. I'm about to eat this cookie, but I don't need it. Eating it will cause me to gain weight and hurt my healthy journey. Again, you're trying to be this healthy person. So saying it out loud. I remember when I lived in LA and I, this is when I first read the book. I kept saying that and I would like look at this dang cookie. I was like, I don't need you. I don't need you. You have no power over me. And I would say stuff like that. Like, okay, out loud, literally eating this cookie will make me gain weight and it doesn't help me, you know, go on this healthy journey. And I was like, fine, I don't want the dang cookie. And I would throw the cookie away. Of course, there's balance within health. You can eat eat the cookie, reward yourself once to twice a week. It's not going to throw you completely off. But if you're continually eating a cookie every single night and you're forming this habit, then you will potentially keep getting weight. So that's just something I thought was really, really healthy. He also says that it's easier to create a new habit with a new context than to build a new habit in the face of competing ones. So for example, if you're trying to stop watching TV more, but you're always in your living room trying to fight this negative habit and you keep seeing the remote, you keep seeing the TV, it's going to be really hard to not want to fulfill that craving because you're seeing the remote, you're in the same environment that originally created a bad habit. So it's easier if you're like, hey, I want to read more, but you're in the living room and you keep seeing the remote and you're like, oh, I really want to watch TV. Go somewhere else. Go somewhere else that does not have the TV or the remote. Go to a coffee shop. Go to a bookstore. Go to your bedroom. Go to your office. Do something. So that's what he basically means. And if there's a way that you can change your environment to um, create a new habit, maybe that's locking up the remotes for an hour in a little box that puts a timer. That way you cannot even fulfill the craving even if you don't want to. That's what he talks about. So now he talks about these four ways to actually create habits that last. And 
I really hope this is all making sense so far. I am just trying to um, do my man James Clear some some service and justice because he obviously is the master of this. Like I, I'm not the master of these habits, but I have taken, like I said, a lot of this advice and it's worked for me. So I just hope I'm 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 just doing my dog James Clear some some service and justice because he's so good at talking about this. So here's four ways to create a good habit. Number one is make it obvious. Number two is make it attractive. Number three, make it easy. Number four, make it satisfying. So we will go through these and I'm going to try my dang best to explain these. Okay, number one is make it obvious. So what is the plan? Implement a strategy, a time, and a location. So if you don't even know what you want, then you can't go after it. If you don't even know what the habit is that you want, then you can't go after it. So if your goal is like, hey, I want to become more active in the gym. I want to work out five times a week. That's your plan. How are you going to implement a strategy? So what you're going to do is you're going to say, okay, I will work out tomorrow at 12 p.m. at Core Power Yoga or whatever the place is. So he talks about giving it a time and a location, making it super clear. So ways that will help you do this is also putting it like so blatantly obvious in front of your face too. If you want to work out every day at 10 a.m. or 9 a.m., there's ways to help yourself along the journey. So lay your workout clothing out before bed. So that way in the morning, you're not rushing and you're like, oh, what am I going to wear? What am I going to wear? This is something I still need to work on. Instead, you know what you're going to wear. You throw it on. You go to the gym. You put your shoes on and you're like, I know what time I'm going, what I'm wearing, what I'm packing, what workouts I'm doing. So for example, too, this might mean that you need to get a plan, an app or a guide or a trainer or something that you're doing. I use the Whitney Simmons app. That way I don't go to the gym and I'm not lottie dotting around. I'm like, what am I working out today? I know by the app, that's my plan. I will be there 10 a.m. with a cute outfit on. It doesn't have to be cute if you don't want to, but I know what I'm doing. So make it super clear. So he talks about um, implementing, I will, with a behavior at a time in a location, which is so, so great. He talks also about habit stacking. After a current habit, I will blank. So he talks about habit stacking, how you can do stack a new habit that you want with a current behavior that you already do. So for example, let me think of something that he has talked about. Okay, so for example, for me, if my habit is I drink coffee every day and I want to add in that I listen to a devotional after that, I will stack those. So my current habit is I drink coffee every day, which I do. Now I'm going to associate drinking coffee with reading the word. So I will say, I will drink coffee at 8 a.m. in my home. And after that, after I drink coffee, I will listen to my Experiencing God day-by-day devotion on my podcast immediately after. So you stack it. So it's already a current habit that you're stacking with the new one you want to do. And then become they become eventually one. As with repetition, you become better at it. So I hope that helps. Number two is make it attractive. So the more attractive it is, the more you'll want to do it. So reframe habits to highlight the benefits. So do something you enjoy immediately before a difficult habit. So I will pull out my phone. I will do 10 push-ups. After doing 10 push-ups, I will then check my Instagram. So it says here, number one, after current habit, I will insert habit I need to do. 
after the habit I need to do, I will insert the habit I want to do. So again, habit stacking. So before you do something you want to do, do something that you don't want to do. Do something immediately before the difficult habit. So I want to check my Instagram. I really want to check my Instagram. That's something that I want to do. Before I check my Instagram, let me do 10 squats. Once I complete those 10 squats, then I reward myself by checking Instagram. Anticipation, anticipating a reward brings dopamine and anticipation gets us to take the action because we want the reward. So we're anticipating after I do these push-ups or these squats or I drink this full bottle of water, then I can drink a cup of coffee. See what I'm saying? And the anticipation of I get to drink coffee, I get to drink coffee makes me be like, okay, I got to chug this water. I got to chug this water because you are anticipating the cue craving reward of that cup of coffee. Repetition is a form of change. Habits are based on frequency, not time. So the more frequent these habits are, the more likely you will do them. So not, not necessarily a time. You can do one habit three times out of a month. Just because there's been a lot of time doesn't mean you're going to do it. It's how many times in that month can you repeat that same habit? See what I'm saying? Number three is making it easy. So setting your environment up and day for success. This could be laying out your clothes the night before, meal prepping if you want to eat healthier, putting out your journal on your bed. So for example, if you're like, hey, I really want to journal before bed or read a book before bed. Right when you wake up, you make your bed. Again, your habit stacking. I'm going to make my bed and I'm automatically going to place my Bible or a book onto my pillow. That way, when I go to bed, I see the book. I make it so easy. I'm like, oh, my book's already here. I might as well read it and pick it up. So you want to make it super easy for yourself. So it says that you want to choose the path of least resistance. Greater the friction, the less likely the habit. If it's not easy, we won't do it. Decrease the number of steps between you and good habits. So if your gym is 30 minutes away, you're most likely not going to go. Maybe pick a gym that is 10 minutes away, five minutes away. If you, um, again, want to work out, making your clothes right there, making picking an outfit super easy. It's laid out the night before. You'll want to put it on and do it. I've noticed this with myself. If something is just too hard, I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not doing it. No. There's this gym that I absolutely love. It is 25 to 30 minutes away from my house, I stopped going there because the gym that I go to now is literally seven minutes away. I'm going to choose the path of least resistance and you can do the same. So making environments that set your day up for success. If you need to drink more water, put more bottle water, bottle waters, what the frick? Bottle of waters around your house so that it becomes obvious and you're setting yourself up for success meal prepping, same thing. If you want to eat healthier, you can't just say, oh, I want to eat healthier. Make a plan and meal prep on Sundays or buy meal prepping or whatever it is that you got to do. New habits should take two minutes or less. It shouldn't feel hard to do. So I talked about this as well. Instead of jumping into, I need to run a marathon, start with, I'm going to put my running shoes on. It's super easy. Master this and this will motivate you to do other things. You already have your running shoes on, so you might as well go for a run. The secret, which I love this, the secret is always to stay below the point of where it feels like work. So if it starts to feel like work, oh, I have to go for a 30-minute run. Say, wow, I get to go on a nice 10-minute walk. That doesn't feel like work. 
but a 30 minute run feels like work. So keep increasing until it doesn't feel like work and you, it feels like a habit. It feels like, wow, look at me. I have mastered the 10 minutes. I'm going to add on 15 now. Wow, I really love this. And it doesn't feel like work. It feels like you're rewarding yourself now and incentivizing yourself because instead of 10, you've added on five. Go you. So make it easy. Also, another way to make things easy are by making things automatic. So again, meal prepping. If you want to not have a habit of scrolling on social media, have social media blockers, screen time, self-control app on your computer. If you need to take more medicine or prescriptions or whatever, make your prescriptions automatic that it automatically gets sent to your house every single Monday. I don't know. Those are ways to just make it easy. So whatever you can do, make it easy. I hope this is making sense so far. Next is make it satisfying. So habits form by doing stuff that immediately gets rewarded. Give yourself a reward when you complete the habit. Pleasure tells your brain it's worth remembering and repeating. Immediate satisfaction. But you are choosing delayed gratification for your future self. Oh, this is what he said. The last mile is the least crowded. No wonder why I couldn't find it in my computer. I said, (laughs) y'all, I literally am the queen of typos. I made this post on my Instagram today. It was a good one. I talked about four things that the enemy attacks. And I had this one little typo. I said that Satan always, or sin and Satan always overpromise but never fully deliver. But I said Satan always overpromises and never deliver. And I forgot an S in there. And I was like, ah, oh, dang it. Lessen the impact of what I was trying to say. So that one little S makes a difference. I said on here, the last mine is the, la- the least crowded instead of the last mile is the least crowded. You want to give yourself immediate satisfaction of rewarding yourself, not with something bad, but with something good. So I love that he talked about choosing delayed gratification for your future self, which I think is so biblical as well. The Bible always talks about this, like denying your flesh, die to self, taking your cross up daily, because oftentimes we're saying no to our flesh to gratify the desires of our spirit. So say no to sex, no to partying, no to things that we know aren't good for us in hopes and belief that God has something bigger and better and greater for us down the road. By saying no to these things now, there's something more glorious down the road that we will get to reach. And this is exactly what I think it is. I think it's denying the cookie because you know a month, two months down the road, you will see a more fit, healthy future self, which I think is so great. So for example, he talks about some practical ways of actually visually doing this. So if you're trying to save money, He says, give yourself visual ways to reward yourself. So you make a savings account and you put the money towards a trip titled Europe by skipping buying a latte. So when you're like, I really, really want this latte. Well, those five to $7 can go towards a trip to Europe instead. And so there's like a visual cue where you're like, oh, okay. I see that this $7 just added to my goal of this trip to Europe, which I'm so excited for. Again, delayed gratification. This trip to Europe might be in a year, but by skipping this one latte, you're adding this value down the road to something bigger and greater. For example, for me, after a workout, I know like when I'm at the gym, I literally am thinking about what I'm going to eat afterwards. I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to have that dang smoothie. I'm going to push myself so much harder in the gym. I'm going to, I'm just going to murder myself in the gym. Not, not literally. But I want to push myself in the gym because I know that when I go home, I have a delicious meal or a relaxing shower or a protein shake waiting for me at home. And I'm like, "Mm, baby, I want that. That's super, super helpful for me to remember. Visual progress helps as well. So taking progress pics, workout logs, habit trackers. It feels so good 
to see progress. Something that I like that he talked about is habit trackers. So every day that you successfully did the habit, you cross off on your calendar. You put an X. It's so nice when you get to check mark the thing on your to-do list. You get to put the X on the calendar and you visually get to see, wow, I've been doing amazing. I'm so proud of myself. It feels so good to see that. Again, perfection is not possible, just progress. And something that we can do along the route is have accountability partners that will hold us accountable to say, how was that habit doing? If you're trying to break a bad one, how are you doing at breaking that bad habit? If you're trying to create a good one, how is that going? Maybe that means going on a walk with someone. So for example, too, my best friend Bree and I, we talked about volunteering together. So we're like, okay, we're going to volunteer once a month. We're doing this together. We're holding each other accountable. We're picking a date. We're saying, hey, the first of every month, we will volunteer together. So it's easy for me or her to be like, uh, no one really knows that I'm doing this, so I can just bail on this if I want to. But she's going to say, hey, we're going volunteering. Let's go, baby. We're holding each other accountable. I think that's so, so, so great. I'm getting down to the end of this. Um, and so I'm getting to wrap up this part, this, this portion. The last thing too, that he talks about is how to break a habit. It's the inverse of how to make a good habit. It's basically flipping everything that is, um, good and flipping that word. So instead of making it obvious, making it attractive, making it easy, making it satisfying, it's make it invisible, make it unattractive, make it difficult, make it unsatisfied. Make it invisible, reduce exposure, remove the cues of your bad habits from your environment, like removing the remotes, making it unattractive, reframe your mindset, highlight the benefits of avoiding bad habits, make it difficult, increase friction, increase the number of steps between you and your bad habits, use commitment devices, restrict your future choices to the ones that benefit you, make it unsatisfying, get an accountability partner, ask someone to watch your behavior, create a habit contract, make the cost of your bad habits public and painful. Those are definitely some good accountability things. Lastly, he talks about, okay, so say you're in a very chaotic part of your life and um, you're like, I'm super busy, I'm super busy, I don't know how to stay on track of these habits. He talks about how, okay, if your life is going to be crazy, then there's this if-then technique. So, The if-then technique is a perfect way to plan for chaos and stick to your goals even when life gets crazy. Why? Because it forces you to create a strategy for reducing the scope but sticking to the schedule before you actually need to. All you need to do is complete this phrase. If something expected, then your response. For example, if I don't wake up in time to run tomorrow morning, then I will run after work. If I can't make my class during my lunch break, I will take a stretching break this afternoon. So he said, if I can't make my yoga class during the lunch break, then I'll take a stretching break this afternoon. So instead of just being like, oh, I just can't do it, whatever, you set a time again. Okay, I'm not going to do it in the morning. I'm going to do it afterwards. You always make a plan, which is super, super beneficial. I hope that was helpful, and I hope I explained that well. There, again, might be some things that I've left out, but overall, that is the guide to creating habits that stick. Thank you to my dog, James Clear. This guy is just amazing. I love everything he puts out. So definitely go check out his book, his podcast, his videos, all sorts of things. He also has a like a weekly newsletter letter that I signed up for. The only newsletter I've ever signed up for. I don't, I don't care for more emails. I don't like to read newsletters. His is the only one that I will willingly sign up for and read. So 
I hope that was helpful. Maybe there's some good habits, bad habits in your life, good habits that you want to form, bad habits that you want to break. I recommend reading this book, getting accountability and not doing this alone. Be patient with yourself because it does take time to see progress and to increase. But again, remembering that 1% is better than no percent at all. So what 1% can you add and do to contribute to this new identity that you want to form? Believe in yourself and believe that you have the tools and the resources But don't be hard on yourself. If you don't, you know, obtain these, don't let social media and other people make you feel bad. Pick yourself back up and say, okay, what can I do today? Even though I made a mistake yesterday, what can I do today to now get back on track? And I really, really hope this was helpful. So something now that I try to do at the end of my podcast are answering questions that you guys have submitted to me. And these are uh, things that you guys want me to answer at the end of the podcast. So I'm going to pick one of those questions, answer one of those. Uh, Make sure you guys follow the Happy and Healthy Podcast as well as my Instagram. The Happy and Healthy Podcast is where we are constantly sourcing these uh, questions from you guys. And so um, I'm going to go ahead and answer that right now. Okay. Alea said to me, what is your biggest tip? to someone in their early 20s. I would definitely say check out my podcast called 20 Things I Learned in My 20s. Definitely check that out. And then also there's a, let me find it. There's a sermon I listened to from the porch. I think it's called, yeah, Your Best Life in 30 Minutes. Your Best Life in 30 Minutes by Jonathan Pakluda. Also just changed my life. Definitely check that out. Just some couple random tips as I would say, dive deep into community. We cannot do this life alone. The years of our 20s are when we're the most confused, the most like susceptible to identity issues and making poor decisions and succumbing to culture and believing lies about ourselves and just all these things. And so don't do life alone. Find a church, dive into it, serve, get into community um, and read beneficial books. Be mindful of what you're mindful of. So be careful what you're consuming, social media, books, podcasts, music, movies, Netflix, all sorts of things like that. You know, what you input is what you output. output. And so be careful what you're inputting because it does shift and shape what we do and what we believe and how we see God and all those things and create a habit of reading the word of God. That is a habit I do pretty much every day. I've created that as a habit. Um, I know that I will read the word of God some point in the day, whether that's in the morning or at bed. I associate that with my bed now to where I'm like, okay, I'm going to read this in the morning or the night dive deep into the word of God and find it out who God says you are, not the world. So be careful where you're getting your truth from, your advice from, um, get it from good people that genuinely care about you, love you, good community, get it from the Bible. Um, and I would say, yeah, um, just know that, that God's ways truly are to protect you, not to prevent you from having fun. I think a lot of us can look at God in the Bible and be like, oh my gosh, there's so many laws and rules and it's so boring and I don't want to do it. And just shifting your mindset to say, okay, God must have set these up for my protection to to prevent me from having more pain or guilt or shame or regret. Um, His ways bring life. And so shifting your mindset and trying to believe that God's ways really do bring life, not more shame and guilt. And his ways bring more abundance Um, and so just trying to dive deep into the word of God to be like, okay, God, you know, what, what is it that your ways are? Why should I believe this and dive deep into that? Um, and just check out the rest of my podcast. I think I have a lot of advice for 
people this age. That is what my heart is after is for people this age. So I hope that helped. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. Um, I really enjoyed this one because I think habits are so beneficial, especially if we're doing really poor habits. I want y'all to break those. I want y'all to find freedom. And I do believe there's certain habits that we're doing that we can find full freedom from through the name of Jesus. That is how I broke some habits, some addictions was through the power of Christ. So you find freedom also by confession, by accountability, by prayer, by people checking up on you. So anything that you're going through, don't let the enemy shame you or guilt you or enslave you and say, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone. We find freedom in community and not in isolation. And so let people in that you can find freedom into that. So I love y'all. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If it helped you, please share on Instagram. Leave us a review. I'm always here to serve y'all, help y'all. Um, share this with a friend or whatever it is. We do, we do repost every single one that you guys tag us in on Instagram. So tag the Happy and Healthy Podcast. Um, follow me on Instagram for more advice and tips. Uh, my name is Janina Mopola. Again, if you're new here, thank you guys so much for listening. I will be back with another podcast next Tuesday. See y'all then. Until then, stay happy and healthy. Bye, guys. Bye.